La benda kaso to bredajo daba kasetike prekoshka pande kile bradoja haya. Mambre deza to kaprakoshka taka parabakoske tela haya. Abredoje mbakale bredoja bakatiske tale bakoska tale. Nembre koska papaila kutuso toko prakoshka pale katoske pale katuske ta. Le prekosa pande ke prekushka pala branda kai katoska pale katusa te. Mambre doza baka de 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 ade. Mamana karababa de 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 ade. Lane ana kabara de 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 kabare. La baradoja bakatasa kapalika tarabara kasadera. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Ai katobradoj gabakaskatera. You are welcome in this place, Abba. As we come in tonight for night one of our consecration journey, can we prepare our hearts? Can we start to prepare our hearts? Can we le prakosh katande invite the presence of the Holy Spirit into this place? Membre doja baba baba ele brodojo bokoska papa pale bradoja bale le prokosko toko panda kale bredoja baba bale le krokosko to pale katoska pale ando brekosh kapale katoska pale la prekoska pale katus Kopondo koporokoshkaba le prekete sato palakatosketela le prekoskapande ke le barabababa le prekosande ke parai katoskatela ha. Ayena de rebakoshkabade. Abredoja bakotusuna makataya deba. Say, Holy Spirit, I am ready for you tonight. I am ready for your move tonight. La barakoshka pale katosetela. I am ready, I am ready. Do not pass me by. Do not pass me by today. Do not pass me by today, Holy Spirit. Whatever you plan to do today, I pray that you make me a part of it. Do not pass me by in the season of transaction. In the season where heaven is open, I will find my answer in this 10 days. I will find the answer to the things I am searching for in this 10 days. I will not leave empty handed in these 10 days in the name of Jesus. I will not leave empty handed. I've come to meet with you, God, and I have come to see your face. This is my peniel. This is is my pineal this is where i meet you face to face this is my pineal this is where i meet you face to face 
le parokoshka pale katusa pale katosa pale a This is where la koshka tadere my name is changed This is where I receive answers to the questions <coughs> and to the inquiries ekala barakosa katakaya kakunde kapa E pe 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 pale parokosh kapale Amane kabarakosa pela barakosh katade de 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 Whatever you expecting tonight labakosh kata raise your expectation e bakosh kapaleka place in demand on the spirit tonight abakosh inde kapapapaye Father I have not come here to seek you in vain You have not called the seed of Jacob to seek you in vain. I have not come tonight to seek you in vain. So Holy Spirit, Labakoshkata, would you help us in our journey of seeking you in these 10 days? Would you help us in our journey of seeking you? Mabekatoska paleka tusa palea, mema no kosotoko palaba. Do not let me leave the same. Say Lord don't leave me like this. Don't leave me this way. Don't leave me like this. La paleka tosa palea. Don't leave me like this. Mando koshka pale bakoska pale. I've come to meet with you. Would you reveal yourself to me? Ah le pakoska pale unless the spirit of God unless God himself decides to reveal himself then no one can find him no one can find him but he said if you seek me and seek me with all your heart that you will find me makatose ke paluna kapalea le kroku komprokosh kapalea father this 10 days we seek you we come seeking nabarokosh kapa we come seeking nemakosha paleka tuskaha we come seeking We come seeking, we come seeking that you will make yourself available to us. Ah. Say Lord, make yourself available to us. We do not take your presence for granted. And we understand that you are the sovereign spirit and you decide to do whatever it is you want to do. But tonight we come and we petition that you will make yourself known to us in these 10 days that you will make yourself known to us abakoshka pale katunda bakaiskate dada I don't want to leave the same way I came oh abba don't leave me like this don't let me leave the same way I came don't let me leave the same way I came don't leave me like this ikapale katondo kopa Amare kato balabaye kade Don't leave me this way Don't leave me this way Kabarakoshkatale Don't leave me like this oh god Don't leave me like this oh god begin to lay your expectations down 
what is it that you're expecting from these 10 days i want us to start to begin to pull on god what is it you are expecting what is it what is the word you're waiting for for this new year that we're about to step into today is rosh hashanah today is the head of the year today is the beginning of the jewish new year all that you would do a new thing that you would do a new thing we remember not the things of old we forget the former things and we look unto you to do a new thing do a new thing in our lives do a new thing in kingdom culture do a new thing in our land in our cities do a new thing in our nations do a new thing in me god do a new thing through me god I've come to seek your face. Make yourself available, God. You said, blessed is the one whom the Lord causes to approach. Ah, would you cause us to approach? Would you cause us to approach? Would you cause us to approach? Cause me to approach. Cause us to approach. Hayanae kaba yade kabale dabale. Cause us to approach you. Amena kopale kato kapale kato seka papa 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 yala kando kopale kato skapale. Cause me to approach you. Made kato sakate kapa lepre keke keke mba kopala kato skapala kata kapa kapa imbre kuko kopo koku kaka kaka i eka kundo kopai kata kapari kato skata membre koskapale katuske pela leprondo zokoto koskapale ambe katuskape ebreke kaka kaka pa imba koskapale katuskapa imba koskapale kabale. Don't let me leave the same way I came. Hey, don't let me leave the same way I came. Insist on me, insist on me, Holy Ghost. Don't let me leave the same way I came. Ah, le ba 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 heka. Don't let me leave the same way I came. 
You said those who are hungry will be filled. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. We hunger, we thirst that we may be filled. We hunger and we thirst that we may be filled. Ambakayela bale katus kapela, embekos kotomba kale katus kepale, lepela bandozoka, lekandoza bale, akombodoza bale, eketa panda kalea, embrekos kapale keteka pande kale kato, mamba baba baba le katuske, embrekos kopondo koskapa, le koko kopondo koska. Madeke hako palekatosa ebrekos kotopo abela komane katosa palekotosoto lepopopopolo tua ambrekos kopolukapa mebela lekoba labale andoza ikakakakale leprokushke pale la kondoze mendoza bale katoskata i thirst and hunger after righteousness that you may fill me up le patoskotoko pale erakoskata in these 10 days oh god i pray for a fresh infilling of the spirit of god a fresh infilling like never before ma andoza bakoskatale oh god in these 10 days I pray that you will fill me up. Epa koskotomba labakoska pale. Emana koskotomba lela rabakoska tade. Elabakoskata. I press, oh God, for an infilling of the spirit like never before. The spirit upon and the spirit within. The spirit upon and the spirit within. Imbakoska pale. The spirit upon and the spirit within. Imbakoska pale. Let there be a fresh infilling of the spirit upon and the spirit within. Within Imbakoska Pale, Imprekoska Palea, Mandoza Bakoska Pale, Katoska Haya. Whatever it is you're expecting, I want you to start to, to pray it, to lay it down, to mention it. La Bakoska Palea Koskatale. Do not let these ten days be in vain. Do not let these ten days be in vain. Abakuna Makoshaha. I have not come to seek you in vain. I have not come to seek you in vain. Amakota paleka tu sabale. I have not come to seek you in vain. Emakwale kakoko palea. Embrekoska palea katoska pa. La baba baba bale. Le kopondo koska palea. I have not come to seek you in vain. Imbekalokoshka pale bakosa bale katosa baya. I want a fresh infilling of the spirit upon and the spirit within.
God, in these 10 days, I am praying for your direction. Would you speak to me? Would your voice be clear? Would your voice be clear like never before? In these 10 days, oh God, I pray for encounters with you. Encounters in dreams, encounters during the day, encounters in visions. Encounters with your voice, with your spirit. Spirit, I want encounters with your spirit. I want to know you as I am known. I want deeper insight and revelation into you, God. Mama na ye kale kabaraku Aya ne yade kabaya de baroda Oh I want to see you I Jesus I want to see you God I want to see you, God. I want to see you, God. Yes, Jesus. We want to see you, God. 
we want to see you. This is our cry. This is our prayer. This is our cry. We want to see you. High and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and your love as we sing holy, 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 holy. Zevuria cabrenum javida i cadabaniate. La pronin zevetiaco rebeliaco benin zavadiaqua. Jevededi brocora naman ziketina. Labrodis kevedina brocoria manza badi. Jebre curia paria dos navana. Icrebedis kevenenti ekebina. Jevele curia bane. Jevele curia bane. Iskevene. Iskevene. Asubrakidandos cavidiatena. 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 Le proconde bequiste breninge bedi, abobaili e coriabadi. Oh, we give you glory, we give you praise, we give you worship, we exalt and extol your name. La cobare conim zavarie coriva da bojna batia kailiatena. Lord, as we gather again for another journey of consecration into you. We ask for the blessing of your spirit tonight. As we push this boat out, Lord, into another season of your glory, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus. Give us the dew of heaven. Give us the bread of heaven. Give us the sure mercies of David. Assign to us the key of David. Bring us to Zion's hills that we may govern the city of David. Open our eyes to behold wondrous things in your law. And let it be as we speak in your ears for good this week and the week to come that you do unto us. Let your name be glorified. Let your name be lifted high your credit is good with us so in advance we give you glory we give you honor we give you praise in the precious name of jesus somebody somewhere clap your hands oh you people and shout unto god with a voice of triumph come on shout in the comment section clap your hands do a clap emoji, do a shout emoji, do a running around emoji. Just give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you are welcome. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome to the penultimate consecration journey of the year. Uh, Chrissy, I don't know if my video is good enough. Are we doing 1080 or 720? Can I, can I? downscale to 720 on my end if not let me know uh but let's see if my video is good is suitable for tv and if it's not i'll just have to uh 
uh, fly without video tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, Chrissy, if it's okay, then let them see my face. Let them see my makeshift background. I have some news for everybody. And for those of you who are coming in, we appreciate you. Come on in. Welcome, 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 welcome. So I'm coming to you from the city of Lagos, Samantha, Carmen, Natalia, Pastor Tosin, Estrada, Antonella, Ella Bella. Everybody is absolutely welcome. Everybody is absolutely welcome. So um, you're, I mean, literally my quote-unquote hotel room here in the city of Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, this, is, this is a makeshift um, setting. I'll explain why in a second, but this is my first, is it my first consecration journey from Nigeria? Okay, so it's not my first consecration journey from Nigeria. We did the the May consecration journey, uh, the Pentecost consecration journey, if I'm not mistaken. We did that from the city of Kaduna with our kingdom culture, Kaduna family, also called Layers of Truth. But this is the first time I am doing a consecration journey or indeed any broadcast, uh, Chrissy, let's see if I can come back, or indeed any broadcast from the city of Lagos. Uh, for those of you, if you have been hiding under a rock, if you're not aware, if you haven't got the 411, I now live in Nigeria. Yes, 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 I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, uh, some of you are literally finding out every day someone finds out for the first time. And they keep asking, why didn't you tell everybody? Why didn't you let us know? Um, the answer to that question is quite simple. Uh, we were so focused on just obeying the instruction. Pastor Liz, thank you very much. Pastor Liz thinks I'm looking good. Oh, ain't that beautiful. Thank you so much. We were so focused on just getting on with the instruction. And we also didn't want to make a fuss about it on the way in. Amen. And so literally the only people who found out were those who needed to find out. So our team on the ground here, uh, our team that we left behind in the United Kingdom. And of course, if you are a member of Kingdom Culture Worship Assembly, which means you're not just a part of the wider Kingdom Culture Movement family, but if Pastor Joke and I are your shepherds, if you are a part of a church that we either pastor or oversee, then you found out as well. Uh, but we wanted to come in undercover. You know, there's some assignments in the Kingdom even in real life espionage, in real life warfare, you don't always announce to the enemy that I am coming into your territory at such and such a time. You don't put all your maneuvers. All right, so let's go we'll go back. Uh, you don't put all your maneuvers on camera all the time. And so now we've been in Nigeria for coming up to six weeks. I think it'll be six weeks tomorrow. Chris, you can, oh, actually, let me do that myself. It'll be six weeks tomorrow. Uh, since we moved to Nigeria. And when I say move, uh, for some of you who've been asking the question, yes. Move means move, amen? So literally, this is not a drill. This is a move. Literally, that 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 uh, saying is very applicable here. So we now live in Nigeria. Our children uh, began school in Nigeria two weeks ago. Um, everything about us is now primarily based out of here. Of course, our UK family is still very, very important to us. I'm actually going to be back in the United Kingdom uh, in exactly two weeks. So in exactly two weeks time, I'm coming for a missions trip to the United Kingdom. I'm going to be around for about two weeks. 
I'm looking forward to seeing many of you. Uh, but for those of you who I don't see, we'll catch up because I'm back again one more time this year, God willing. Uh, why are we here before we get into the word tonight and, and push out the boat for this two weeks or 10 days? Very simple. The Lord spoke to me in the, in the third or final week of the month of April um, about how there was a shift going on in the atmosphere and a realignment of both uh, the will of God in terms of his will for this season, but also his will for certain geographies of the world. And God began to speak to me about how there would be both a reshuffling of his functionaries uh, around the world. In essence, he's going to be, he, he, would be, he would speak, sir. He would be moving people he'd been developing and training and raising. Chris, you want to put that music off or we'll start praying again. Uh, he'll be moving people he'd been training and developing in certain parts of the world to other parts of the world. But also that there was a great relay changeover zone going on in the spirit. And that a generation of patriarchs that roughly between 40 to 35, 30 years ago, began to run a leg of the dealings of God in the spirit. We're going to be handing over the batons. Some would be called to glory. I said this publicly. Some would still be alive, but would hand over the baton of the assignment. Uh, this was around the time I began to preach about what an avatar is and how the same way Satan has avatars, God has his avatars as well. And I explained that an avatar is a man or woman who has become so synonymous with the dealings of God for a region, a season, a generation or a system that their very presence, their very life, their very daily function becomes a boundary between heaven's will and the will of hell and how God begins to pour out a, a dimension of his dealings through their existence, their ministry, their life, their, whatever it is they stand for, that literally holds open a portal that heaven can move through and put hell at bay. And that in a changeover season, God begins to take men and women he's been training to be avatars in another generation. And he begins a, because God is not foolish. So in the kingdom of God, John the Baptist and Jesus must be alive at the same time. Are you listening to me? They must also not just be alive at the same time, they must be functioning at the same time. So John says, I must decrease, meaning I'm still there and he must increase because God is not dumb enough to leave himself without a functionary for a particular assignment. There are times where the stubbornness of man, the unpreparedness of man, or even the sovereignty of God allows a gap. And we see horrible things happen in that gap. We see darkness envelop territories and, and, and satanic agenda uh, 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 drown nations and generations and sometimes God allows the gap because he wants people to cry out but most times he wants one to be passing in as the other is passing out and God began to show me there was a passing out of such functionaries between now and the end of this decade but especially between now and the middle of this decade and it so would have God would have it that Dr. Jockey and I humbly he had seen fit to take on a similar mantle but the mantle he wanted us to take on and I'm not going to mention names but he was very specific with us, or with me in particular, about the mantles we were going to be replacing. And when he began to speak about that, he made it clear that while the assignment was still going to be global, the domicile of the mantle of the jurisdiction he was asking us to take on would have to be domiciled from Nigeria. Now, when we talk about the batons, we're not necessarily talking about a ministry. So when, a, when an avatar is handing over a baton, he doesn't have to hand over his organization. For instance, when the time comes where it is my time to exit the scene, and I'm still a very young man, believe it or not. I'm older than I look, amen. I'm not as old as I sound sometimes, but I'm definitely older than I look. 
but someday I will leave the scene. No one lives forever. No one ministers forever. No one holds up the purposes of God forever. And when that day comes where I have to hand over the baton, it doesn't mean that person will take over kingdom culture. It just means that the assignment for which I and kingdom culture was assigned by God to fulfill, there will be another individual, perhaps with his own ministry, or her own ministry, who primarily be holding up that burden. What happens to the person who inherits the ministry of the old avatar? Good to see you, Pastor Jibala. Good to see you, Minister Colleen. Well, that ministry, in essence, if kingdom culture in even 60, no, well, who knows? Maybe I'll be like Moses, but say in, 30, in 40 years time, uh, 45 years time, you know, whatever it is, I'm transitioning and someone else is taking over that assignment. Whoever's in charge of kingdom culture at the time will have their own assignment. And then God may not just shift that person, he may also shift kingdom culture's assignment to match the leadership to which it has been assigned. But you get the point. And so that we're here. Uh, we've been here for five weeks. We took five and a half weeks, almost six weeks tomorrow. We took the first four weeks to just lie low and do nothing. Chris, am I good? Is there a problem with my, uh, let me know. If there's a problem with my, whatchamacallit now, my, my video. Okay, so you want me to blur my, okay, okay. Uh, let's see. You don't want to see my hotel room. Okay, that's fine. Let's see what I can do. Uh, let's see what I can do. Like I said, this is a very makeshift setting. Okay. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see what I, what can I do? Um, right. So let me see if I can talk while I'm sorting this out. We've been here six weeks. The first four and a half weeks, we did absolutely nothing. Our first outing was to minister for my brother and my sister, uh, Pastor Gideon and Pastor Bethel Umba at the Choice Souls Camp meeting. Many of you were here with us, and it was an amazing time, wasn't it? It was an absolutely amazing time. Uh, we thank God for the flow of his revelation. Uh, Chrissy, let's try this now for the manifestation of his power. Uh, we thank God for all that he did. And then last week, Sunday, was the first time we actually began ministry under the banner of kingdom culture here in Nigeria. Um, and so we uh, we went evangelizing with a small team. Chrissy, I don't know what to do, so we just have to manage it the way it is. So, I mean, yeah, come on, let's let's get on with it. Just, just, just throw it up there. Uh, like I said, it's, it's my quote-unquote hotel room. So um, we went evangelizing on Saturday. The Lord won one soul. We were very excited for that one soul that was won to the kingdom. Uh, and then we started a Sunday service, a brand new Sunday service that is 1 p.m. every Sunday here in Nigeria. 1 p.m. every Sunday here in Nigeria. Uh, we're hoping that very soon we will be able to, um, what's what I'm looking for? Very soon we'll be able to, um, we'll be able to broadcast is the word I'm looking for. We will to broadcast that service for you, for those of you who are not in Nigeria who can join us live. And if we can't broadcast it live, we should be able to broadcast it as a replay transmission so you can follow on what is going on with us. 
something is brewing, something is baking in the spirit. We're excited to be in the center of God's will, and we're glad that we have you. And finally, before we get into tonight, uh, for those of you who are part of our Kingdom Builders uh, family and tribe, it's a very small group of you who have... I'm on my my phone. I can't type because I'm on my phone, so I'm using my phone. So we'll just have to manage it. Whatever's wrong, let's just roll with the punches for tonight. We'll set it up for tomorrow a lot better. By the way, celebrate Minister Christian Dediba, who's in the studio with me as usual. Love you from the bottom of my heart. And so to our Kingdom Builder partners, many of you who've prayed, you've encouraged us. Uh, Some of you have actually given financially. And a very strange thing happened when we announced a very small number of you were moving to Nigeria. As is our custom, we intentionally did not ask uh, for financial contributions. It was intentional because we didn't want to be a burden. We trusted God to provide for us. And then a mentor of mine made it clear to me that uh, people would want to give because they'd want to be part of what God was doing. And my response to my mentor was, then let God speak to them. Well, God did. And some of you, 99% of you, without an appeal, without an announcement, without being sent bank details or anything or make a request being made, of your own volition, just reached out and literally brought us to tears. I, I, there was a day I was crying because the outpouring of love and support, because we were wondering how we were going to do what God had called us to do. Uh, the budgets involved are astronomical. And people sent money that I know was a sacrifice. And some of you then pledged to regularly keep something up and have done so. And that was what then gave us the courage to, after we had moved, then say to the rest of you in the Kingdom Builders family, if you want to be a part of what God's doing, we'd encourage and welcome it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Over the course of the week, maybe on Sunday, we'll be showing you some details about what God has been doing. Uh, We've got a property on a five-year lease with an option to extend for another five. That's going to be our offices, our studios, our apostolic mission space. It also has a parsonage where, you know, uh, some accommodation can be created. Uh, We have an existing facility on the other side of Lagos uh, that we're renewing for another six months or thereabouts that we're currently using at the moment. Uh, A bus, which is why this is makeshift. We took a van from London with a huge stack of equipment and shipped it all across. Uh, Everything in total, everything cost about seven and a half thousand pounds to ship and clear. Not not the cost of the van, just the cost of, or the contents, just the cost of the shipping and clearing. That van arrived two nights ago. So the whole of yesterday and today was spent trying to unpack it which is why there's still some makeshift stuff. A lot of stuff you're seeing came from the van. By the end of this consecration journey, when everything is set up, it'll be a lot more presentable. And then once that building is renovated, it's currently being renovated. Once it's done, uh, we're going to be building a state-of-the-art studio there so you can really enjoy God's kingdom as we broadcast it to you. But thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're back on the streets this Saturday in Lagos evangelizing we're having another service at 1 p.m we'll record that by video and put it out during the week of course the uk service carries on live every 1 p.m 
the fact that Dr. Ojoke and I are not there, there is an amazing group of men and women, preachers, prophets, apostles, evangelists, teachers, pastors in kingdom culture, and they're literally just having a party. I mean, I'm, I'm listening every Sunday, watching every Sunday. God is blessing my socks off. I'm excited to see what he's doing. You know, it's, it's just a very, very great thing. So let us get into the business of this week. 10 days. Chrissy, hit them at the flyer, please. 10 days. Week of apostolic emphasis. This is the days of awe, or we sometimes like to call it the atonement season. Uh, the atonement season. Okay, uh, Chrissy, I see what you're saying. The atonement season consecration journey. Here at Kingdom Culture, we call them consecration journeys because we don't just want people fasting and praying. We want you to understand that when you go on a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? When you go on a, on a, hmm, what's the word? Let's call it journey. When you go on a journey like this, you want to migrate. Over these 10 days, you want to move to another place in your walk with God. You want to finish in a different place than when you started. You can go without food, you can pray every day and not migrate. You can Scream and shout and deny yourself of food and still not migrate. Does that make sense, everybody? And so to be assured that your efforts are not wasted, to be assured that your, your exertions are not futile, you need the mindset that you are migrating. That it is a journey of consecration. In essence, you are going to deprive yourself of certain creature comforts in the pursuit of a walk with God. So that by the time you are done with that exercise, you have you have gone on a journey you have moved from one place to another you have transited from one realm to another you have ended up in a much better place than where you began and so here at kingdom culture uh, especially under the auspices chrissy i've sent you some stuff to put in the studio under the auspices of prayer culture Um, we, five to six times a year, will take a consecration journey. They last anywhere from seven to 40 days. We'll set time aside to pray and fast, but also to do business with God, to accelerate the journey of destiny. 
the personal journey of destiny, but also the corporate journey of destiny. Mm. And during these journeys, we will take time on a daily basis to meet like this, mostly virtually, sometimes uh, even in person. We'll take time to meet, to consolidate what we are doing during the day. In essence, these meetings in the evening are not religious. They are to be the capstone and they're not designed to be all that you do during the day. They're designed to be the capstone on what should have been a day of significant business with God. You should have been dealing in the deep waters with God, in prayer, in the word, in listening to his voice, in receiving instructions, in dealing with the foxes in the vine he's, he's, he's pointing out to you, in removing things, and hear me, things, activities, and if necessary, people in your environment that are counterintuitive to your ability to walk in consecration with him. We go to the word, we go to prayer, we trust him to speak prophetically to us. And the accumulation of the journey, day after day, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little should mean that by the time the journey is over, you have made a rapid and accelerated jump, a quantum leap in the journey of your destiny prophetically. We also like to align these consecration journeys, excuse me, wherever possible to line up with the biblical feast of the Lord. We know we live in the New Testament. Therefore, these feasts are not required for salvation. Paul makes it very clear that you don't, your salvation in the New Testament is not dependent on your keeping certain days or, or, or appointments. However, the same way you will go to heaven whether or not you eat pork in the New Testament. Eating a pig has nothing to do with your salvation in the New Testament in the sense of you can eat all the pigs you want. It will not affect your eternal destination. But like I like to say, eating pork and bacon all your life may get you to, her to heaven earlier than you planned. In essence, the things that were ceremonial in the Old Testament or that were ceremonially required for salvation in the New Testament are no longer ceremonially required for salvation, but now they are given or left for us as an understanding of what best practice is in certain areas of our life. You can be as unhygienic as you want in the New Testament and still go to heaven. But you will get infections, you will get diseases, you may die, your quality of life will be lower. And so when we look at the Old Testament in the light of the New, certain things, while not necessary for our salvation, are critical for our maximum enjoyment of the life God has prepared for us. You will not miss out on heaven whether or not you tithe. 
I know many of our fathers in their good intentions uh, sold us that perspective. But when you when you when you look through scripture, you don't have to tie the stick or for your eternal salvation uh, to be secure. If you want to enjoy the fullness of God's financial plan for your life, you may want to tithe. Does that make sense? So, where the feast of the Lord are concerned, keeping them has nothing to do with your eternal salvation in terms of whether or not you make it into life eternal as opposed to death eternal hell. But if you want to enjoy heaven on earth, if you want to maximize the, the portfolio of the bounty of God for you, the feasts of the Lord as given in the Bible, and we don't have time to deal with this today, the book of Numbers, the book of Leviticus, the book of Deuteronomy, the seven, the Passover is the eighth. Uh, so there's a feast that happens every week. In essence, the Passover is not so much about what day you go to church. It's about the concept of taking time to meet with God and spend time in his presence. And it has, anyway, we dealt with the Passover ad nauseum. Amen. Uh, let nobody tell you that because you go to church on Sunday as opposed to Saturday, you're going to hell. That's not true. However, there is something special about Saturday in terms not of going to a building to meet, but of making time to do business with the Lord. It is an appointment. We looked last last few years, uh, every four, five years, we three, four years, sorry, we review these things because some of you have not been around as long as I've been teaching this in kingdom culture. But the word feast is the word moed. It means appointment. It's the word in Genesis chapter 1, in I think verse 14, or is it 15, 16, when it talks about how the sun, moon, and stars will be for days, for times, for seasons, and for years. The word for times there is moed. It means appointment. It means a time when heaven wants to meet with you and do business with you. It also means, what's the word I'm looking for now? It also means a convocation, in essence, a gathering. That's why God told the Israelites three times a year, people, uh, the, all the males, because in the Old Testament, you had to be a male to have a direct covenant with God. Thank God in the New Testament, that's no longer the case. Let all the males gather before me. And these three times were about the seven major feast, feasts in a conglomeration. The first three, uh, Passover, first fruits, and do, 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 unleavened bread were around the same time. They were a week apart. The last three, Aton uh, no, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah, that's tomorrow, to be precise, that's tomorrow. Uh, basically, the the blowing of the shofar, the civil new year, not the spiritual new year, I'll deal with that this year. Then Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles, all again within a 10, 14-day window. And then smack bang in the middle is the Feast of Pentecost standing on its own. The Bible says three times a year, there should be a convocation, a gathering. In essence, these feasts are not to be celebrated or to be kept just on your own, but there is a corporate sense, which is why we have consecration journeys. And of course, the first three were the first time every, every male was supposed to go to Jerusalem. The last three were the third time every male was supposed to go to Jerusalem. Uh, Chrissy, technically, technically it's tomorrow, but it today, tomorrow, potato, potato, you get the point. But te technically... Technically, it's tomorrow. Technically, it's tomorrow. Uh, but of course, the Hebrew New Year, the Hebrew day starts a day before. So we're, we're passing words. Um, and of course, the third in Pentecost and so convocation. And the final meaning of the word Moed, if you remember, is a rehearsal. In the sense that these were rehearsing divine advents. We looked at the fact that the, fall, uh, the, the summer feast, 
Pentecost and the and the spring feasts, slow down Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits were fulfilled. Now the word fulfilled means these feasts were speaking about a coming reality. And this coming reality was fulfilled in the first advent of Jesus. In essence, Jesus' first coming uh, was the, the fullness of the manifestation of the first four feasts. He died, Passover, as a Passover lamb. He was the first fruit from the dead. And he rose from the dead in his resurrection. And not many days after was the feast. So, all living bread, sorry. And then the first fruit when he rose from the dead. Now, Pentecost was fulfilled when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. So the Old Testament feasts were foreshadowing a divine reality that Jesus would then go on to fulfill by himself and by the Holy Spirit in his first advent. We then also understand that the four feasts which we are celebrating and gathering for now um yom teruah rosh hashanah is a type of the rapture the blowing of the trumpet it's the only feast that quote unquote in the days of jesus you would not have known the day or the hour for of course in our generation now you can know the day or the hour uh because we can plan uh scientifically in advance and know when a full moon will happen but in the days of Jesus, you didn't know when the full moon would happen. Uh, the full moon, again, I'm just doing some recapping for those of you who have not been following us for the last three years. I think the end of this cycle will be next year. Next year, I'll probably have to teach all this all over again. But for those of you who are new this year, just go over the last two or three years to the atonement season. Everything's on the YouTube channel you're following on right now. And you'll see uh, the playlist that will break this all down. But the word for month in the Hebrew, Kodesh, not Kadesh, or not Kadosh, Kodesh, C-H-O-D-A-C-D-E-S-H, is literally the month, the word for moon. Because every Hebrew month begins with a full moon, with a new moon. That's why for those of us in prayer culture, and the press is coming back after this consecration journey, we're going straight back to the press. You'll be excited to know. Uh, the sabbatical is over. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go back. Um... And so the Hebrew month starts on a new moon. Now technology helps us calculate in advance roughly when the new moon will happen. However, in the days of Jesus and before and even after, they did not have that technology. And so they had to wait to see a new moon to start counting their month. I want you to chew on that for a second. So now I have a calendar on my phone that can calculate every new moon for the next 50 years in advance, right? Okay, but that calendar did not exist uh, as at, what's what I'm looking for now? That calendar did not exist in the days of Jesus. So we could not start counting a new moon and therefore a new month in the days of Jesus until somebody somewhere had sighted a new moon. And then the day the new moon was sighted would then be the first day of the month. And that's why the six, the six other feasts of the Lord, other than Yom Teruah, Yom Teruah means the day 
of the trumpet. In essence, the day of the blowing of the shofar. Uh, that was the only feast that was to be celebrated on the first day of the month. Every other feast is either the 14th or the 21st. In essence, every other feast waits for the month to start. Waits for that full moon to be sighted, right? And then for there to now be a calculation based on its sighting. Are you following me, somebody? Let me repeat. Every other feast waits for the full moon to be sighted. And then for calculation, Passover is 14 days. Um, uh, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is 10 days. But the Feast of Yom Teruah, the one that we are celebrating today slash tomorrow, which is analogous of the rapture, surprise, surprise, is the only feast that starts on the first day of the month. Meaning, in medieval Israelic times, or medieval Hebrew times, there was no way to know the exact day in advance that this feast would hold. This is why it was called the feast. Listen, listen. It was called the feast of which the day and the time no man knoweth. Are, are you following? Literally, the feast could come upon you like a thief in the night because the moment the moon was sighted in Jerusalem, the feast had begun. So you couldn't know the day and you couldn't know the exact hour it would happen. And that is what is happening today slash tomorrow. That this feast will be fulfilled in the rapture. When Jesus returns, well, not technically his second coming, the beginning of the season of his second coming, the rapture, and we've talked about this before, the Bible says it'll come like a thief in the night. And again, the analogy there will be understood by a Hebrew. Uh, in the days, I mean, I don't, I've, I've dealt with that before, how the high priest would come in and check that the priest who was on duty through the night sometimes hadn't fallen asleep. And if he'd fallen asleep, he would literally take coals from the fire and stain his clothes as a sign that he was caught asleep. And that, that checking was called literally him coming like a thief in the night. Uh, and so the analogy was clear that Jesus was going to return without quote-unquote clearly discernible timeline warning and that if he found his people asleep at their post, there would be a staining of the garment. And so when we gather like this at this season, starting today, there must be a sense of urgency and guardedness about our consecration. Yes, we are expecting the return of Christ, but even in the the prosecution of our everyday affairs, there must be this understanding that we're entering a season, I've taught this before, that the space between the two major banks of feasts is very important. I'll be teaching this starting tomorrow about spiritual sacrifices today, just about laying the foundation, and then we're going to pray. Between the spring feasts and the fall feasts is the season of quote and unquote birthing from from the passover season all the way to this season the atonement season in the in the womb of, in the site in the in the in the realm of the spirit sorry 
is a cycle of birthing. From the fall feasts this season to the summer feasts is a cycle of incubation. Somebody say incubation. In essence, what you have stuffed in the womb of the spirit from let's call it September to let's call it March is what you then withdraw from let's call it April to let's call it August. Are you following me? This is the time to set in motion cycles, patterns, uh, systems and structures for your life, your family, your ministry, your destiny, your nation, your, your business, your jurisdiction, whatever you're responsible for, that will manifest in that second cycle. It is also the time to fumigate the enemy's activities to ensure that he doesn't get anything planted in the system that you then have to grapple with in the other half of the cycle. Does that make sense? Okay. The second feast is Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. It's the day where the high priest went into the temple and made atonement for our sins. That was not Passover. That was not Jesus dying on the cross per se. I use the word per se. There's an element to it that's that, but that's not the manifestation of it. That will be fulfilled in the second coming. I don't have time to do with that today. And of course, the tabernacle, the millennial reign, where we shall rule and reign with Christ in a holy city, where Christ will be the light and the sun and the covering and the atmosphere. Wonderful stuff. Now, this year, rather than reteach, like I said, I usually reteach all this roughly once every three or four years. Rather than reteach the feasts of the Lord and their significance and what each of them means, uh, Christy hit them with the banner. We're going to deal with the concept of spiritual sacrifices. In essence, we've dealt with over the last few years what these things mean and what to do with them or, or how to utilize them in the sense of what they can be utilized for. Thank you, Chrissy. This year, I want us to deal with the things that make the utilization happen. In a sense, we're going to deal with what exactly is the wise thing to do in a journey of consecration, which we will also see is also the wise thing to do with your everyday life. In essence, in the New Testament, we don't have to wait for atonement. We don't have to wait for Passover. We don't have to wait for Pentecost. Every day can be atonement. Every day can be Passover. Every day can be uh, can be can be can be can be Pentecost. In essence, what powers these appointments with God? Are you following me? I repeat, we're looking at what powers. What kind of life can I live that not only takes advantage of these seasons, but that turns every day of my existence into one of these seasons? Are you following me? Let me know in the comment section you're following me. There is a lifestyle a believer can, can, can sustain that makes everyday Passover, everyday Pentecost, everyday atonement season. And the concept is what I have titled, Chrissy, the, the flyer one more time, spiritual sacrifices. Someone say spiritual sacrifices. 
Now, I gave a preamble to this. Excuse me. I gave a preamble to this uh, at the 1 p.m. service in Kingdom Culture, London, Lagos, sorry, this past uh, Sunday. Now, Chrissy, those flyers that I sent to you, can you just pop uh, the one, the YouTube size one on the screen? I want to do a shameless plug uh, of what we're doing here. <laughs> so if you know anybody in the city of Lagos, tell them. Tell them. 1 p.m. every Sunday to make their way down to the Wakanao, the Wakanao, let me say like a proper Nigerian, the Wakanao building, right? Glass House 37 Osolo Way, near the 7 and 8 bus stop off Airport Road in Ajao Estate, Lagos. What can they expect? Prayer, worship, the word, fellowship, all culminating in revival. Yours truly and my best friend, my girlfriend, Dr. Joke Siave, and our team here in Lagos will be ready to receive you, to grow with you, to disciple you, to fellowship with you, to build you up into the fullness of God's purpose for your life. Thank you, Chrissy. Shameless plug over. And so last Sunday, I began to give a, a preamble to this thing. Uh, Chrissy, you're going to have to help me out with the scriptures tonight. But over this next... Um, oh, by the way, tomorrow is special. Can we put up tomorrow's flyer, Chrissy? So tomorrow you won't be seeing my mug. You'll be seeing the delectable, the amazing, the one, the only, the myth, the legend, Dr. Ajoke Israel Isiave. Woo, what a babe, what a babe, what a mighty good babe. And so Captivating Women will be handling tomorrow's session. It will start at 6 p.m., not 7. So tomorrow, please don't come at 7. You'll be an hour late. 6 p.m. tomorrow, Captivating and Dr. Ajoke will be doing the consecration journey. Uh, with their monthly uh, 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 gathering, prayer, and word gathering called The Complete Woman. I'll be back. And then, of course, Sunday uh, will just be the Sunday service in the afternoon at 1 p.m. We'll be back at 7 p.m. on Monday. And we'll run 7 p.m. from Monday to Friday. Amen. So today is the push out. Tomorrow is captivating. Sunday is 1 p.m. And then from Monday, 7 p.m. again, all the way down till Friday. Thank you, Chrissy. And so I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Let's take the word of the Lord as we push out tonight. I, I'm not going to spend too much time. I'm going to teach for maybe another 20 minutes or thereabout, and then we will pray. Maybe 30, and then we will pray. Uh, and then we will we'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. The press is back, not this Friday, not next Friday. Upper Friday, the press is back. Tuesdays and Fridays, every Tuesday and every Friday, Christy hit them with the press flyer. Every Tuesday and every Friday, we we, we, we normally pray from 11 p.m. to about 1 a.m., sometimes further down in the night. We've been on a sabbatical because I lead the press majority of the time. So while I was taking my sabbatical, the press was off. It is back next week, not this Tuesday, the upper Tuesday. So somebody help me with the date. Whatever date two Tuesdays from now is, we'll be back with the press. All right, so 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Let's go there real quick. Chrissy, if you can help me out, that would be amazing. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Actually, let me see. I might be able to do that myself if my internet connection is... Okay, let's, you, you go for it. 
First Peter chapter two, verse five. The Bible says, "You also, as lively stones or living stones." Someone say living stones. Someone say like, "Good to see you, brother Corey." I'm coming to Ghana very soon. Now that I'm in now that I'm in West Africa, I can't wait to show up in Ghana. Amen. You also, as living stones, are built up a spiritual house. Listen, as living stones, someone say living stones, living stones. Now, I don't have time to deal with the concept of living stones. We are being built up as a spiritual house. In essence, the believer's life is not in isolation. Hear me loud and hear me strong. Mm. You don't get to live, you know, just allow me to live my life. No, I can't let you live your life. You know why? Because if you live your life how you want to live your life, mine becomes almost, my consecration becomes almost wasted. Because the Bible says we're being built up as a spiritual house and I have never seen a house that had only one stone in it. You hear me? To be a spiritual house, multiple stones have to be processed at the quarry, fashioned, chipped, connected, sealed with pitch, and constructed into a mega structure. So the Bible says we are being built. Someone say built. So everything going on in, oh, somebody tell me to calm down. Everything going on in your life right now, good, bad, ugly, if you are, if you love God and accord according to his purpose, and everything going on in your life, good, bad, and ugly, is working together for your good. It's part of a curriculum to build all of us. The word ye in Old English is plural, not you, ye. All of us are being built, crafted, constructed, put together as a spiritual house. First of all, not physical, spiritual so yes, I know you're built. I know you've gone to the gym. I know your pecs and your your packs are, are, are popping. Amen. But the house being constructed here is spiritual. It's not intellectual. It's not, oh, help me somebody. It's not intellectual. It's not, what's what I'm looking for now? It's not solical. It's not physical. It's spiritual. In essence, the entire process is working on a spiritual reality. Oh, help me, Jesus. I said that the entire process is working out a spiritual reality. God is interested in putting you through a process that accentuates your spirituality. Then repeat. God is interested in putting you in a process that accentuates your spirituality. And he will sacrifice almost anything to accomplish that process. In fact, I have learned over the years that if I want to enjoy my natural life if i want to have 
this quote-unquote the soft life if if i want to ensure that my physical comfort convenience and experience is optimal i have to structure my life such that my spiritual process is accentuated by comfort in essence i have to show god that i have ordered my life in a manner that he will get more spiritual mileage out of me. Does anybody, oof. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help somebody here. There is a life you can live that makes it clear to the spirit realm that the more convenient you are, the more spiritual mileage God can get out of you. If you are aided by the Holy Spirit to live that kind of life, to have the kind of principles, the kind of priorities. In essence, God says, see, I have nothing to gain by depriving you of comfort because the more comfort you have, the more consecrated you become. Awesome. But for many of us, quite the opposite. For many of us, uh, our priorities are so skewed, our lives are so carnal, that God cannot gain mileage from us most of the time without putting us through discomfort. For the average believer, like the church in the book of Acts, it is persecution that aids our consecration and alignment. So you must understand that God is building us, all of us together, into a spiritual house a holy priesthood. Now, let's go back to the spiritual house. I have never met a house that was built for the sole purpose of being looked at from the outside. Even in a housing estate, when you build a house, a show house, you intend people to walk inside the house and look at the house. Does that make sense? I've never seen anybody say, I just want to build a house. I mean, maybe they exist. There's a money bag in your area. I don't know. But most sane human beings don't just say, you know what? I'm just going to build a house. And when I build this house, I just want it to look so nice. And I want everybody to pass it and say, what a house, what a house, what a mighty good house. But I don't want anybody to ever walk in. I don't want anybody to ever live in. I don't want anybody to ever function in. Most sane human beings don't go about life that way. In essence, if God wants to build a house, the Bible didn't say a structure. It didn't say a building. It didn't say a bridge. It said a house. It didn't even say a temple. Houses are built for inhabitation or for habitation. So the question becomes, if God is building us, I have never seen a brick claim to live in the house it is a part of. Are you hearing me, somebody? Let me know in the comment section that you got that. Bricks don't live in the houses they are part of. Mm. Chew on that. I repeat. You don't build a house with a brick for that brick to live in the house. You don't build a house with a stone for that stone 
to live in the house. In essence, if we are the stones the house is being built from, it means the house is not for us to inhabit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I just I sense I sense the presence of God in this room. Chrissy, can you just can you just hit me with you know you know that my uh, soaking into heavenly sounds keys? Just hit me with that one, the one I sent you the very first time. Let me repeat. If you and I are the brick or the stone, Antigrade, good to see you, ma'am. That's my aunt. That's my blood aunt, my mom's sister. I'm so honored that you're here. Thank you so much, ma'am. I love you. If we are the stone or the brick, then we are not the occupant of the house. So if God is building us as believers into a house, there's only two types of occupant that make sense from scripture. One is him, the other is the unbeliever. And both are correct. But the beauty is, when the unbeliever begins to inhabit that house, he should be converted into a stone that then becomes part of extending the house. So the only permanent occupant of the house God is building is him. And that's why he called the temple he asked Solomon to build and he told David not to build. He says, you won't build me a house. Your son will build me a house. And that's why in both the tabernacle of Moses and in the temple of Solomon, when the structure was complete, the Bible says that the presence of God, the glory of God filled the house. It calls it in Solomon's day, the house. It filled the house till the priests and the Levites could not stand to minister. In essence, God is crafting his church into a structure he can live in. And I don't mean the building. Your life, my life, and our interpersonal relationships. I taught about this in my final sermon in London before I left the UK. I taught about it in my first sermon in the United Kingdom at the Choice Souls camp meeting when I arrived in Nigeria, that the daily lifestyle of Israel in the wilderness, that's why the Bible calls them the ecclesia, the church in the wilderness. Their daily affairs and lifestyle were designed to create an ecosystem that God could inhabit. That's why when Balaam looked at them on those mountains of Moab in, in, in the book of Numbers, he said to Balak, I'm looking at people living and offering sacrifices and conducting their lives around an ark and following the vertical systems. But when I look at them in the spirit, when I interact with them in the spirit, there is a shout of a king from among them because that system of them having been built into living stones, into a spiritual house, has enthroned a spirit called Yahweh as king in their midst. And when you deal with them, when you deal with their, the sum total of their personal and corporate life and culture, you are dealing with the reality of a monarch who is finding expression through what they have created. So he told Balak, if you want to defeat these people, you have to get their king to leave them. Hmm. I am Asiakata. Please, let's take up the volume just a little bit. You have to get their king to abandon them. In essence, you have to convert the house 
And the house is not the temple. The house is their personal and interpersonal lives and culture. Thanks, thanks, Rissy. You have to break the house down. They have to lose their personal consecration and lose their national consecration such that that spirit can no longer dwell among them and then you can defeat them. Somebody say yes if you understand it. If you get it, you get it, you get it. Let me know if you get it. House joke. Because if you don't get it, then we may need to forget it. And so, what God taught Israel as feasts and sacrifices or feasts and events and Levitical practices, hear me, was really designed to be a shadow of a baseline consecration that the New Testament believer was supposed to operate in. So Passover, Pentecost, Atonement, Sabbath, the new moons, the full moons, the, the morning sacrifice, the evening sacrifice, uh, the, the scapegoat, the brazen altar, the you know, all these things were designed to be a foreshadow of the lifestyle the believer was supposed to live. In essence, your daily reality with God should incorporate all these things in a metaphor. Let's, let's go to Romans, Romans chapter 12 before we come back to 2 Peter uh, 1 verse 5. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. All right. Second, uh, Romans chapter 12, Christy, possible. Thank you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, listen. You present your bodies. I've told you the word bodies there in the Greek is the word soma. It doesn't just mean my arms and my legs. It means the, so, the sum. Soma means the sum total of your reality as a sacrifice. In essence, God is saying in the New Testament, because every feast of the Lord was attached to a sacrifice. Israel's entire culture was made up of consecrations and sacrifices. He's saying that our lives now, our soma, our bodies, the sum total of our reality is designed to be that so our Pente my Pentecost should be my daily life. My atonement should be my daily life. My, my, uh, my Passover should be my daily life. My Sabbath, does that make sense? These things give me an opportunity to connect with God in a real way, yes. But while I take the time once a year, twice a year, three times a year, once a week, twice a day, all these different things, once a month, twice a month, but those should be pit stops, those should be convocations, those should be moeds that are literally pit stops on the way, on the pathway of me living out that reality on a daily basis. So let's go back to 2 Peter 1.5. So the Bible says we're living stones, we're, we're, we're the raw material. We're being built, fashioned individually and corporately into a spiritual house. The Bible then calls us a holy priesthood. In essence, there is a consecrate, there is a, a 
a lifestyle of priesthood. And I've, I said this uh, at the Choice Souls Camp meeting for those of you who followed. We have, we do priesthood a disservice when we reduce it to prayer. It is an insult to the concept of priesthood if we just simplify it to prayer. Prayer is the foundation of priesthood. There is far more to priesthood than prayer. In fact, for many of us, our prayers are useless because the other component of our priesthoods are bankrupt. Priesthood is the sum total of my daily life. It's my consecration, my purity, my conversation, how I treat my family, how I treat my friends, how I, uh, you know, how I treat those around me, how I interact, my principles, my priorities, what I eat, where I go, what I, the whole reality of the way I live my life is what the Bible refers to as priesthood. And that's why when you look at the Old Testament priestly instructions, there is far more written about their behavior and their lifestyle than about their activity. Read Leviticus, read Numbers, read Deuteronomy. There is far more, it's not even close. I, I, I haven't done the actual analysis, but I'm assuming off the top of my head, it's somewhere in the ratio of four to one, or at least three to one. Information about what a priest should do and not do eat and not eat, wear and not wear, go and not go, interact with the not innocent. The priest's lifestyle has far more real estate in scripture than the actual activity the priest is supposed to be carrying out in the temple. So when we talk about priesthood, we're not just talking about the actual sacrifice, even though in the New Testament, the sacrifice itself is your life. But even in the Old Testament, the physical sacrifice was not as important as the kind of person who was allowed to carry out that sacrifice without being struck with fire from heaven. And so when the Bible talks about a holy priesthood, as Romans 12 shows us, it's primarily talking not just about praying, fasting, and, and going the right Yeah, No, that's good. You know, I, I, you know, I do that more than the next man. But that has to be a portion of a daily reality of life. And as we begin to close tonight, as we get ready to pray, I want to show you that last line, which is what we're going to be dealing with over the next uh, nine days. Remember, tomorrow, 6 p.m., Captivating Women. Men are invited, but Captivating Women are leading us tomorrow at 6 p.m. Sunday will be uh, a church thing. So 1 p.m. Uh, we'll be broadcasting at 1 p.m. on Sunday. There'll be no 7 p.m. on Sunday. And then we're back on Monday. And for Monday, we're going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Chrissy, when do we end? I think it's Friday next week, isn't it, that we end? Because it's 10 days. Yeah, 10 days. So we're going to end on Friday next week. Uh, and so from Monday to Friday, it'll be 7 p.m. every night. And I'll be unpacking this line. And God will be giving us grace and prophetic in insight into his word. So the job of being a holy priesthood is to offer up spiritual sacrifices, which is the theme for this consecration journey. Oh, I forgot to mention. How could I? Saturday. Yes, Christy, hit them with the flyer, please. The Forge. Next week, Saturday. 
is the forge 12 hours of prayer we're going to be going from london 12 hours of prayer uh and in lagos nigeria we're going to be uh a part of this as well so we're going to be gathering physically in lagos in kingdom cultures uh ajawa state embassy building and the flyer for that necessity if you're in nigeria chrissy hit them with a sunday flyer if you're in nigeria it's next week sunday uh, I believe we're going to start at 12, or is it 10? 10 or 12 will get you the details. And it's the exact same flyer, exact same address on the Sunday flyer. So if you're looking at the Sunday flyer, come on Sunday, but the address on this flyer is what you're going to need to come on Saturday next week for uh, our version of the Forge. Amen. So let's go back to the Consecration Journey flyer. The theme for this consecration journey is taken from that verse, spiritual sacrifices. We're living stones. We're being built into a spiritual house. We're designed to be a holy priesthood, a, in essence, our priesthood, what holy means separate, different, of another dimension, or inspiring Our priesthood should be so pristine that only one spirit can access it. The way you and I conduct our lives and our, our affairs should be of a sort that of all the spirits in the spirit realm, only Yahweh can lay claim to the altar we build by our priesthood. That's what the word holy means. Set apart unto him. And the purpose for doing this is to be able to offer up spiritual sacrifices. As we get ready to pray tonight, Chrissy, can you show the good people of YouTube uh, uh, and online what those two words are in the Greek so show them what the phrase spiritual sacrifices says in the Greek so hit tools interlinear and then go to forward hit forward forward no 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 go down yeah forward before reverse forward No, 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 the one to your left, the one to your left. The one to the left of reverse. The forward, yes, that one, yes, cool. Now go down. Spiritual is what? Pneumaticus, someone say pneumaticus. Please hit that word for me, G4152. Let us see what, in essence, it says spiritual in in the english but this is the word in the greek it's an adjective it's describing something an action or a thing let's look at how it's used in the bible so this is how it's used relating to the human spirit or rational soul the part of man which is similar akin means similar to god and serves as his instrument or organ in essence whatever is about the human spirit whatever triggers or resonates with or edifies the human spirit that which possesses the nature of the rational soul now let's keep going whatever belongs to a spirit it says a being higher than man inferior to god what higher there is not talking about authority it's talking about essence when the Bible says, what is man that you are mindful of him? You set him lower than the Elohim. 
in essence, Elohim, spirit beings, in their form are higher than man, but in authority in Christ, we are higher. Then that belongs to the divine spirit and one filled or governed with the spirit. Okay. Now, let's look at the definition. Pneumaticus, non-carnal. In essence, not human or ethereal. A spirit divinely supernatural. Okay. In essence, it's talking about something that emanates from or has an effect in the spirit realm. Put my face on the screen. Let me give you my definition. Um based on my study of that word and its use in the New Testament and the Old. When God calls something spiritual, it doesn't mean it is religious. In fact, many of the things we, we do religiously are not spiritual. And many of the things that are spiritual are not religious. It means this thing either starts in the spirit realm or ends up having an effect on the spirit realm. It means something that interacts with the unseen realm. That, that's literally what it is. Does that make sense? Something that interacts with the unseen realm. Now, usually when it is used in the New Testament, the word pneuma is almost always, pneumaticus, is almost always used about God's realm. However, there is the unseen realm of the enemy. True. But 90% of the time, it is used talking about God's unseen realm. So we can define spiritual, therefore, as anything that is triggered from the heavenly realm, God's realm, or that resonates with the heavenly realm. Write that down. Anything that either emanates or resonates with the unseen, with the heavenly unseen realm. I want to repeat, it either emanates, means it starts there, means God instigates this activity or this reality, or if the reality starts on earth in the seen realm, it ends up resonating in the unseen realm. For instance, I'll give you a perfect example. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that the 24 elders, the 4 and 20, the 20, the 20, the 20, Natalia, the 20, the 20, the 20, the 24 elders, private joke between me and my daughter, that the 24 elders are holding vials in their hands. And the Bible calls the vials the prayers of the saints. Did you understand that? So, what you and I call prayer on the earth, even though it emanates from the seen realm, has a spiritual interface. It is resonating in the heavens. We pray, we say, or we say, and the Bible says that that prayer that started off on the earth as words ends up in a bottle in the unseen realm in the heavens. That is an example of what the Bible means by spiritual. Are you with me? The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that Jesus as our high priest now receives the tithe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm just quoting the Bible. You know, I was just quoting Bible over here. You know, I know some of you don't like what I'm saying, but but at the end of the day, the good book does says it. Okay, let me let me stop my stupid Texas, my attempt at a Texas accent. 
So you and I walk into church and we put money in a plate or we transfer money by an app or put in an envelope. The Bible says Jesus is receiving it in the heavens. So it's a physical act, but the Bible refers to it as spiritual, not because it is done. Ooh. In essence, it's not spiritual because you go, Ooh, oh Lord, help me Jesus. Or because when you go to the offering basket, so deep no 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 that's not what makes it spiritual what makes it spiritual is it resonates in the heavens are you with me the book of isaiah 51 talks about the kind of fast that that, that, that god accepts and it says that if you do this kind of fast it says your light will break out and certain things will happen in essence you you are not eating on the earth it looks physical but it is resonating in the heavens. Therefore, the Bible calls it spiritual. Like, are, you, are you following me? It says that we walk, another one, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, excuse me, it says we have fellowship one with another. And it says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our iniquity. So you and I call it fellowship. You and I call it coming to church. You and I call it life group. We call it hanging out with each other. We call it doing life together as a, as a believing community. But the Bible says it is resonating in the heavens. So it is spiritual. Are you with me? It says that the, the, the disciples went out into town and preached the word in the book of Acts. It then says, and God added to the church. Not their preaching. God, the heavens, added to the church daily such as should be saved. So... They were doing a physical activity called evangelism, but it triggered a heavenly response. Therefore, and for that reason only, can it be considered as having been spiritual. So something is not spiritual because of the atmosphere you do it in. It is not spiritual because it is religious. It is not spiritual because it, it makes you feel good. It is spiritual because it is either a uh, instigated or emanating from heaven or it is emanating from the earth but resonating with heaven now you can have negative spiritual it can resonate with hell for instance if you commit adultery it is spiritual if you commit fornication it is spiritual if you steal somebody else's stuff it is spiritual if you are responsible for another human being's pain and misfortune intentionally it is spiritual. Are you listening to me, somebody? So you can do demonic spiritual things. I'm just choosing to focus, like I said, for the purpose of this week, on the heavenly spiritual things. So pneumaticus means something that emanates or resonates with the spirit realm. And majority of the time in the New Testament, it's talking about the heavenly spiritual realm. Hmm. Christy, finally, as we begin to pray tonight, let's look at the word sacrifices. So a spiritual sacrifice means that there are non-spirit, listen, not every sacrifice is spiritual. Not everything that you do that's inconvenient resonates with heaven. And sometimes it's not what you do, it's the purpose for which you do it and the manner in which you do it. The word sacrifice is the word thysia. Let's look at what thysia means. Thysia Look at it. Quickly, let's go to the uh, the out the, the usage, the outline of the biblical usage. Okay, 
it, there's two ways it is used in the Bible. Either the sacrifice or the victim of the sacrifice. In essence, it can describe the act of sacrificing something. It can also define or describe the thing that is sacrificed. In essence, it is not a spiritual sacrifice if one, it doesn't emanate. And if it's a spiritual sacrifice on the earth, it means it, it is emanating from the earth. But if it doesn't resonate with heaven, it doesn't cause an effect in the heavens. And secondly, if there is no pain or victim. In essence, it should cost you something to sacrifice. Do you follow me? It should cost you something to sacrifice. So the Bible says, let's go back to First Peter, uh, Second Peter, uh, one five, Chrissy, as we begin a round up to pray. If you put it all together, this is what you get. Each of us is a living stone. We're being built individually and corporately into a structure God can inhabit with the fullness of his glory, both our personal lives and our corporate reality as the body of Christ and our local kingdom clusters. So we are the container he wants to fill and inhabit, but we are also called to be a priesthood that is set apart holy the sum total of our lives, behaviors, choices, decisions, priorities, and including our prayer, yes, and our worship, and our giving, and our fasting, and all those things, evangelism, fellowship, all those things, should be to offer up. So, up, not down. Up. You know, so we're talking about the heavens here. Sacrifices that have spiritual effect. In essence, God is saying, the reason you and I exist Primarily, the reason we didn't go to heaven the day we got born again, primarily, was that in God's dealing with us, we could become a holy priesthood that could make sacrifices. And it says, these things are not designed to be convenient. Does that make sense? But secondly, not only is the sacrifice describing the act like we looked at, it is also describing the thing that is being sacrificed. And Romans 12 tells us that thing is you and I. So you and I are the spiritual sacrifice. We're the thing that is painful. We're the thing that should be caught. We're the thing that should be going, ouch, ooh, ah, fire. Good Lord, it's painful. The pain is a feature, not a bug. You hear me? It's not designed to be convenient, these things. No. And may I say, the reason they're spiritual, the reason they have spiritual effects is that heaven responds to the inconvenience we are prepared to endure in offering them. It should be sacrificial and it should have a spiritual effect. And you will see. Now let's let, let's go back to 2 Peter 1. Let's go up in second peter first peter 2 sorry first peter 2 sorry let's go up not up the higher verses i mean up in the chapter to verse 1 up as in up the chapter verse 1 okay 
It says, wherefore laying aside all malice, you see wherefore in the Bible, find out what the wherefore is, where, why the wherefore is therefore. So go read chapter one. Wherefore laying aside all malice, it's talking about your lifestyle, and guile, listen, and hypocrisies, and envies, and evil speakings. Hmm. Malice, guile, hypocrisies, envies, evil speaking. These are what I call horizontal sins. These are talking about the last six of the Ten Commandments. This is not towards God now. This is towards each other. In essence, God, we look at this starting, to, starting Monday, or Sunday, sorry. God is saying, there's a, there's a thread of thought here. And it starts with you adjusting how you treat people around you. When you do that, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. In essence, this is what your entire discipleship process is for. The reason why you should grow as a believer is not just so you can be grown. <laughs> the reason why God wants you to grow is for a purpose. He said, you've tasted that God is gracious. So you've enjoyed God's grace. Beautiful. Now don't stop there. Don't just all grace. No, good. He's good to you. Now grow. Why? Because as you grow, you should come to him. In essence, there should be a journey. You should be approaching him. He first comes to you, then you come to him as unto a living stone. Aha! He is a living stone. And if you look at it, the phrase living stone is the exact same word as the phrase lively stones. It was translated slightly differently, but it's the same phrase, same two words, or same word, living lively, right? In the Greek, living stone. He was a living stone. He was rejected by men, but chosen of God. He then says, you as a living stone, meaning be like him. Allow yourself be mistreated by men or rejected by men. That in essence, live a life that may disgrace you to your fellow men, but will approve you in the sight of God. As you do that individually and together as a people, the body of Christ, we're constructing a spiritual house, something God can inhabit, a holy priesthood so that we can in essence this is the end product two things one the house he can inhabit two the priesthood that can offer in essence there are things that god needs done from the earth to trigger certain things in the heavens i repeat there are things that god needs done in the earth to trigger responses in the heavens and only a holy priesthood can offer those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God by Jesus. And so what the feast of the Lord, what the Sabbath, Pentecost, Passover, Atonement, uh, 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 Yom Teruah, Tabernacles, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, the, the morning sacrifice, the evening sacrifice, the entire Levitical structure of the Old Testament in Israel was designed to be a metaphor for and their lifestyle as well. A metaphor, the, the commandments that were given, a metaphor for spirit in essence, for heaven to be able to respond, for heaven to be able to resonate with the earth, for portals to be open where heaven can do what it wants to do. And in the New Testament, this is a job 
for you, for me and for you so that God can do what he wants to do. Let me repeat. In the New Testament, it is the life that must be lived by me and by you that God and heaven through Christ may do what he wants to do. And if we give ourselves to these things, which by definitions are sacrifices, they're designed to be painful. They're not designed to fit your schedule. They're not designed to designed to feel good. You don't get to say stuff like, you know, I just want to chill. Yes, God will create, don't get me wrong. God will allow you to take breaks, true. But when you are in the session, when you are in seasons where he's calling for these things, the pain, the discomfort is a feature, not a bug. And that's why he needs sons, not children. Children don't understand that you must go through pain to get great gain. The difference between a son and a child is a son can delay gratification. A son can endure hardness. A son can, can for the glory set before him, endure the cross and deny the shame. And the Bible then says we should look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, meaning pick up our cross and follow him. And so God is trusting you and me to give ourselves to a life that is inconvenient to the sight of man. Hence the sacrifice that we may resonate with heaven, the spiritual, that heaven may be able to have influence in the affairs of men. And so, like I said, tomorrow, Captivating will be taking over at six from 6 p.m. Uh, Chrissy, put the flyer again. I'm going to go through a couple of flyers real quick. So, Chrissy, if you help me out, thank you, kiddo. Um, from 6 p.m. tomorrow, Captivating will be dealing with a complete woman, with Dr. Jerke and the gang. Men are invited. This same YouTube channel you're watching on right now. On Sunday at 1 p.m. from London and from Lagos, there will be services going on. At least one of them, maybe both, but at least one of them will be broadcasted as Sunday's gathering for the, uh, the consecration journey. We're back at 7 p.m. next week, Monday. Uh, see, back at 7 p.m. next week, Monday. And then we'll run 7 p.m. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Saturday, we will have The Forge. 12 hours of prayer we'll be gathering in person in the city of London and the city of Lagos we'll get you the Lagos flyer very soon Lagos will be a slightly shorter version roughly about 6 hours in person in Lagos and then on Sunday we'll be back at 1pm again for the grand finale of this year's uh, atonement season days of all consecration journey and so starting from Monday I'm going to begin to unpack for you and if you listen back to tonight's um, recording or broadcast, you will see that I have stylishly visited at least five of these spiritual sacrifices. Uh, I'm going to take you through anywhere between seven and nine. But the first six in no particular order, prayer, fasting, worship, giving, fellowship, evangelism, and discipleship. So I've given you seven, but I, I gave you scriptures for five to see how each of these activities resonates in the spirit realm. Therefore, they are spiritual. 
the word spiritual a different word charisma but the same reality not pneumaticus here now is used in the book of first corinthians chapter 12 when it talks about spiritual gifts the word literally is spiritual but we added the gift in the english to make it make sense and i agree with the bible doing that to make it make sense um these are spiritual things that emanate from the spirit and i told you for it to be spiritual it either emanates from the spirit realm or it starts from the earth and resonates with the spirit realm so the word of knowledge the word of wisdom uh prophecy the, the gift of faith the gift of miracles the gift of healings and then the revelatory gifts the word of knowledge the word of wisdom and interpretation of tongues or prophecy these are called spiritual gifts because they're not carnal they're not intellectual they're not they're not skill-based they, they must emanate from a spirit not always the holy spirit sadly but from a spirit so that's an example of the word spiritual in the new testament being used about something that comes from the spirit but the seven things i just gave you prayer fasting worship giving discipleship fellowship and evangelism there's two more uh, which we'll look at if we have time are spiritual in that they emanate from the earth but they have an effect in the heavens and i've given you scriptures for most of them but we'll break them down and see how the believer as an individual and the body of christ as a corporate body especially the local church or local ministerial clusters and expressions must have systems where these spiritual sacrifices are commonplace and are built into everyday life or that there will not be a house that god can inhabit and there will not be a holy priesthood or the holy priesthood is not doing its job so heaven cannot come to the earth so when we complain about our generation our nations our cities our families whenever you look at something on the earth that does not look like heaven wanted to look like it is because there is no sufficient spiritual or holy priesthood that is offering spiritual sacrifices and now we understand why god gave us the feast of the lord as a foreshadowing as a moed an appointment a convocation but a rehearsal because in the new testament he intended it to be a natural reality well let's take the keys up lift your voice and begin to worship the lord Erudite Yamun Javele Kalibia Kumen Zebedi Shole Badina Braconia Manze Brekitina Babadi Olevedina Brokosti Banin Groboski Apatina Zevo, 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 Baria Duna Baikatina Brolinia Tedia Shabele Kundi Palikrodiske Bedina Bahaduna. Let your name be glorified. Let your name be lifted high. Father, as we journey these days, give us the grace to fast. Give us the grace to pray. Give us the grace to seek you in your word. Bless us with revelation in the gatherings that we gather. Call us to a higher level of consecration that we may take a journey of divine progress. But above all, Lord, help us to understand the nature, the priority, and the delivery or administration of spiritual sacrifices. 
that your kingdom may come and your will may be done. A shout of a king truly may be among us. We give you praise and glory. We bless your holy name. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Um, for those of you who are led to give tonight, uh, we'll be taking an offering every single night over these 10 days as is our custom. It doesn't mean you have to give every single night, but we'll be given an opportunity for people to make the spiritual sacrifice of giving every single night. The details will be on your screen right now. In literally one second, the details of how to give will be on your screen, both for the United Kingdom or the rest of the world and Nigeria. Um, as I mentioned, there is now a, a, a an extreme focus on Kingdom Culture's activities in Nigeria. Uh, the budgets are astronomical. What has already been sunk into this assignment will make your eyes water, like it makes mine when I think about how God has provided for it. And if you want to be a part of it, the Nigerian details are on your screen. However, however, hear me out. If you, uh, I think Chrissy and Dorinda, we need to adjust this banner because there is a United Kingdom account in which we can hold money for Nigeria. We prefer that because if you give us the money in foreign currency, we can get it into Nigeria because of the way the Nigerian economy works at a much higher uh, exchange rate usually than if you just sent it directly in Naira. So um, Chrissy, I'm going to send you, I think Dorinda sent me those details. I'm going to send you those de details now, Chrissy. If we can put them on the screen as a ticker at the bottom, or maybe just as a stationary banner at the bottom. So if you want, if you're giving from outside Nigeria now, if you're into Nigeria, don't worry, just go ahead and give to the Nigerian bank account, amen? But if you're giving from outside Nigeria, uh, we would prefer that you sent it to us in pounds in the United Kingdom. There's a particular bank account, which will be on your screen in a second, that we can get the money over here. We're talking six figures for what we need to do here, multiple six figures uh, and already we are pretty much on our way to halfway through the first six so we're definitely about 30 something thousand pounds deep into what we need to do here uh, and so if god has laid it up on your heart to be a part of this now is one of the best times to do that a season of a consecration journey of spiritual sacrificing god bless you as you do so uh the details for the uk bank account designated to Nigeria will be on your screen at the same time as the graphic you just saw Chris just put the graphic back Chrissy that will show you the other ways to give uh, remember what tomorrow uh, 6 p.m. it is the turn of the captivating women uh, Sunday at 1 p.m. you can join us in London in Nottingham and in Lagos uh, we will be broadcasting who knows we might just do a tripartite combined service so we may have a feed from London, a feed from Nottingham, and a feed from Lagos all together in a holy uh, earthly trinity of God's goodness to us as a house. And then for Monday next week, we meet at 7 p.m. every day until Friday, 12 hours of prayer on Friday, on Saturday, and then we end it at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, God bless you, Chrissy. Let's roll the banners as we go out and the Nigerian uh, account from the United Kingdom or for those of you outside the country will also be there father thank you i pray the blessings of consecration 
the blessings of Yom Teru at the beginning of this cycle of divine dealings upon everybody that's a part of this spiritual tribe, whether or not Kingdom Culture is your home church, but everybody who's connected to us through the Apostolic Hub, this is the beginning of a season of divine glory. God bless you. I love you. On behalf of myself, Dr. Joke, everybody here in Nigeria, and of course the team in the United Kingdom, take care. Bless you. Bye-bye.